Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from True Werewolves of History from Ancient Times to the Present, written by Donald F. Glutt. Even if you are pure of heart, you may find yourself saying your prayers at night when the wolfbane blooms and the autumn moon is bright after you listen to these sworn accounts of lycanthropy and shape-shifting. True Werewolves of History uses archival chronicles and new research to bring to life the stories of 100 werewolves. This unique tour de force focuses on real tales of werewolves, not to mention were-bears, were-jaguars, and others, from throughout the world and across the centuries. You'll find them all in this volume for your delectation and enlightenment. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from True Werewolves of History. Author's Introduction I'd never been a believer in werewolves until my aunt's sister-in-law related a case of apparent lycanthropy on record in a prominent Chicago hospital. During World War II, the hospital in which the woman was a Red Cross worker had a rather distinguished guest. He was a sturdy man, confined for no apparent reason. He was in the best physical health and possessed a most pleasing personality. That is, until the full moon rose. During the cycle of the full moon, he had to be locked in a room where he would proceed to howl like a wolf and rip the furnishings to shreds. Had he encountered anyone during those lapses in which he believed himself to be a wolf, he may have satisfied his craving for human blood by ripping into their throats with his teeth. This was the first instance of actual lycanthropy I had ever encountered. In the strict and classic sense, the inmate of that hospital was not a true werewolf. He did not actually transform into an animal or a hybrid of man and beast— but from his own viewpoint, he apparently did transform, his hands metamorphosing into shaggy claws, his teeth enlarging into sharp fangs that begged to sever a human juggler vein. He was, rather, a lycanthrope, a man whose belief that he changed into a beast was such that he acted the role of that beast. Indeed, the victim of a lycanthrope would be little better off than the victim of a werewolf. Generally, in this book, the term lycanthrope refers to those unfortunates who believe themselves to be transformed into beasts without undergoing an actual physical metamorphosis. Werewolf mostly pertains to those physically changed into animals or hybrids. These include such werewolves as the woman of Saint-Tone, who, while in wolf form, caught her paw in a trap and wore a glove to hide the mutilation for the rest of her life the two warlocks executed at Liege in 1810 for transforming into wolves and devouring several children, tossing the uneaten portions to their twelve-year-old colleague, who took on the form of a raven, and the loup garou that plagued a field near Champigny, France, during the night of 1863, as reported by Reverend Sabine Baring Gould in the book of Werewolves, being an account of a terrible superstition, 1865. As with my earlier book, True Vampires of History, I have not attempted to trace the origins of werewolfery or investigate the truths behind the beliefs in werewolves or other were-creatures. 
I present here a collection of cases of werewolfery and lycanthropy, including some cases of men supposedly transformed into tigers, leopards, jaguars, and so forth, and omitting the countless instances of witches changing themselves into cats and hares. For in-depth reading on the subject, I refer you to the bibliography, especially recommending The Werewolf by Montague Summers, Werewolves by Elliot O'Donnell, and, for an investigation of other species of were-animal, The Terror of the Leopard Men by Juba Kennerly. All cases in this book are true, or were at least believed to be true when first recorded. Oftentimes, legend and fact run together, making it difficult to differentiate between them. I make no judgment since I was fortunately not present at any of the cited instances. Perhaps you, in reading each case, will deduce some misinterpretation by those involved in the accounts, like the grim-faced men who presided over the werewolf trials of the Middle Ages, with the power to send a defendant to the stake, you must be the judge. If you are expecting the romantic werewolf of myriad motion pictures, characterized by Lon Chaney Jr.'s Wolfman, to haunt these pages, you are in for a disappointment, perhaps a shock, at least a surprise. The werewolf that sends peasants cowering behind locked doors is not necessarily the same handsome young man who does little more than sprout neatly trimmed fur and prowl through the moonlit moors in search of a jugular vein which, at least in the older films, he frequently bites tastefully in the shadows. The werewolves and other were-animals in this book are usually less refined, liking nothing better than eating the flesh of their victims and leaving the scattered remains of corpses about for a later snack. For those of you who contemplate the unknown or who believe that there might be things in this universe beyond the philosophy of Horatio— and who can endure the grisly accounts of human monstrosities performing the most degrading acts. Welcome to the world of the werewolf, and think twice the next time you cross a moonlit field and hear a bush rustling in the breeze, the howl of a distant dog, or a wolf. Donald F. Glutt we hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from True Werewolves of History. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon, Audible, and iTunes.